Welcome to the Asking for a Friend podcast series. This podcast goes along with a series of messages that Pastor Alex is doing, where we are tackling some of the big questions that we all have. We may not have all the answers, but we are committed to walking with one another through the uncertainties of life. Let's get into the conversation. Hey! Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are I you? Am, uh, I don't think a lot of people know this, but um, you are the one that came up with the series. Um, you want to tell so, us a little bit about it? Yeah, you, that uh, way we can, we can blame me for, for, <laughs> for any of the stuff that comes up. No. Um, yeah. Uh, this was just... I, I, uh, I like to look at different ideas and see what is out there and what other churches are doing. And I saw this graphic that it was just the graphic that said you know asking for a friend and I was like hmm, that's an interesting it's an interesting concept um and so I don't know just kind of brought it up as an idea to just have really interesting conversations and difficult conversations that's something that I feel pretty strongly about you know having having difficult conversations with people that are within our circles you know with other believers and Um, there are so many questions that people ask out in the world about the church and how we respond to things. And I I don't know, I think it's sometimes we have a tendency to not talk about the difficult things because it's difficult. You don't want to have confrontation or you don't want to cause division or anything like that, but it's a skill that needs to be cultivated, you know, to have. I think, uh, when you brought, when you brought it up to us, I thought, oh man, I love it. I love the, the heart behind the series and, uh, the challenge is to make sure that, um, we don't screw it up, that we do it right. Um, (laughs) because it's, it is, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, and just being able to navigate through, um, just differences of opinions Mm -hmm. and, um, questions that are sometimes we don't have the answer for i think that that makes it um that makes it so hard Mm -hmm. but one of the things that i often say is churches are notorious for asking questions that nobody's asking yep and i don't want us to be that kind of church um and so when you when you brought up um this idea to the team it was probably what two three months ago four months ago it's been a while yeah maybe beginning of the summer yeah i thought well this this would be, I think we would add a lot of value to people. And, um, I hope and, uh, so. This is the kind of stuff that adds, this adds a lot of value to me, especially this portion of it. Like I love listening to messages and, and Sunday mornings and stuff like that. Like all that's really good, but dialogue for me personally is extremely beneficial. So I hope that other people find it beneficial as well. Yeah. I, I don't think you're the only one I, I've, uh, I know that we have, in just the last few weeks, we've received a lot of questions mm-hmm. uh, that people are asking, and um, and I think people are going to be, they're going to be tuning in, and I think they're going to enjoy a conversation that, um, you know, kind of one of the things that I, um, that I like to say is we want to uh, encourage open, humble, mm-hmm. and honest conversations, right. and uh, I don't think that we, you can have that enough of that, and so, right. um, well, let's let's get into it. All right. uh, we've, yeah, let's do it. Uh, we've had some really good questions yeah. um, that people have asked. Uh, some are a little bit more challenging than others, mm-hmm. uh, and today I think that um, I think there's one that's for sure very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you want to begin with that one or if you want to be <laughs> with a couple of the other ones. Um, but just for the audience, just so they kind of know where we're headed. Yeah. Um, 
one of the questions that was asked is, uh, what does God say about abortion? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't want to be the one talking about this, uh, but uh, I think it's a, it's a good conversation yeah, to have. Most definitely. Um, I think we mentioned in the last podcast, but it's uh, the role of church in politics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I would love to know your opinion on that, what you have to mm-hmm. say. I got some I thoughts think about that. Towards yeah. the end of the last podcast, I think we talked about it yeah, with Justin yeah. and Addison. Yeah, great, had some great insight on that. And um, and then another one that I think it's very um, it probably uh, appeals to a lot of people is um, how can I trust God when there are so many different opinions, uh, so many different religions, mm-hmm. so many different uh, views on things? Yeah. And how can I trust that God's word is God's word the way I I understand it? Yeah. If uh, maybe uh, things from you know year to year, from decade to decade, have changed, mm-hmm. and, ha- and so I think that's a that's a yeah. good question. So, Absolutely. which one do you want to tackle first? Oh, and there's a few yeah. more too that I yeah. will throw in at the end. But um, <laughs> um, I don't know. Any of those are just a those are uh, some real uh, hardball questions. I'd say the last question is one that so the question about God in the Bible. That's one that. Um, those are questions that I have. I don't have mm-hmm. a ton of answers when it comes to that. Um, you know, it's just so, you know, a little bit of my background. I know you know this, but other people may not know this. You know, I grew up in church. I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid. Um, and, you know, I've read the Bible cover to cover multiple times in different versions. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> when I was, I think I was seven, I read through the book of Job just because I felt like it and did a whole Bible study on the book of Job. You were seven. Yeah, by myself. <laughs> like my parents, I think, were like, Are you sure? Mm. <laughs> you sure you want to jump into that? Mm. And so that was just kind of, that was, that was, that's intense. That was, it was intense. Book of Job, but, seven years but I, old. But I loved it. I loved it. So um, studying and stuff like that is very, I, I love studying and theology is very fascinating to me. One thing that people may not know about you is that you're a deep thinker. Uh, you'd like to process things a lot. Oh, yeah. uh, Vivian will, um, if she needs to have a conversation with you, she will uh, process that conversation uh, a few times, and she will make sure that every word is said the right way, and she really um, has a ton of empathy, <laughs> and she she wants to make sure that it's received well. And so that's, that's one thing that... I think you bring to the team. Um, Thank you. And it's it's a uh, it's a gift that you have. So let's go down that that. Yeah. Let's let's begin yeah, there. Let's start uh, you there. said last question, but let's just begin with the last one. Let's um, bring, yes. So um, so grew up as a you know preacher's kid, mm-hmm. and and I don't I've never been a preacher's kid, but um, I like to study yeah. uh, what pastors do, and uh, I like to talk to a lot of people who have been in the ministry, yeah. the, the parents were in the ministry, and the best analogy has been like that of a, a fishbowl. Uh, you mm-hmm. feel like you're under, you're always, somebody's always watching. Yeah. And so I'm sure that brought a ton of questions to you, but, Definitely. um, so tell me a little bit about, um, so you're, you're saying that the year you can relate to that question. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure you're not the only one, but, um, what, uh, tell me a little bit more about it. Like, yeah. So from so just I mean, even with my background of being a pastor's kid and being involved in church from day one, um, I still have a lot of questions, and uh, you know, 
I did, yeah, the whole fishbowl analogy, that's very, very accurate. I will say uh, to my parents' credit, that was never, they, they were excellent and they were very helpful and they never put pressures on me. Um, but, you know, the, the pressures are there from external sources um, to make sure that you've got it right. You know, you make sure you have the correct theology and, and making sure that you're put together and that you're a good example to people and that if people come to you for advice, you know, you have a word or, you know, you know the scriptures enough to be able to quote something at them. Um, so growing up, when when did faith become yours? Like, was it... Because that's, that's one of the questions that I'm mm-hmm. asking myself, you know, with with my kids, you know, I have three, yeah. Andrew's 18, Katie's 16, Natalie's 14. Yeah. They're at different stages. Um, Andrew just started college, Katie's in high school, Natalie junior high, but, um, you know, I'm just curious. I I just picture myself in this little bubble, right? Mm -hmm. And if it was, if I was always in that bubble, I wonder how, how faith actually becomes your own when you've always been put in this pressure cooker. Um, and so how, how was that for you? When did it, was there ever a time where you felt like like it became more real or was that yeah. not the case? Yeah. I mean, I would say it probably happened in stages and as most things do is your understanding develops as, you know, as you develop as a person. Um, I, I have distinct memories of, you know, when I, when I became a Christian and when that all happened and that was at a very young age, that was like, I was four. <laughs> so it was, but those memories Leah got out. saved when she was four. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it was it's it was in my you know started very early in my developmental years um so i would say you know it started then and but then kind of had like a it develops more so maybe when i was about 16 it i was probably younger than that i would say maybe maybe 14 um i felt a, a new thing of like okay this is this is mine yeah. you know but are there, then I would say that there was another one that happened a little bit more recently within the last three years, maybe, to say, like... Are, are there is... things that... And, and I don't want to put you on the spot, which is <laughs> hard fine. to do, right? You're That's here. Um, but um, are there things that you believe that maybe you don't, your parents don't believe or, or vice versa? Probably. And um, was that a good thing that... At some point, you you started kind of becoming your oh, yeah. own. Yeah, definitely. I think you know they were they were always very um, purposeful with encouraging me to read the Bible. If I didn't know what what God said about something, you know, okay, let's let's go figure it out. Um, I'm always I've always been fairly independent, and so I was always wanting to figure stuff out uh, myself. And you think uh, that's healthy. So, Absolutely, one hundred percent. You need to be able to take yourself look, and I think we can all do this as as adults too, of looking at our the Christian label as a whole and saying, okay, what does this actually mean? You know, who who yes. am I as a believer? What do I actually believe about God? And I think that's kind of what happened, like maybe three three or four ish years ago for me was like, wait a second, there's some things that I realize that I believe about God that I don't know where it came from. Mm. It didn't come from the Bible. It didn't, it didn't come like, where, where did this come from? And so 
kind of taking that and looking at it and saying, hmm, how do, how do I, how do I get back to figuring out who God is? And that's kind of what led me on a journey of figuring out, okay, how do I trust the Bible? Mm. What Bible translations are good ones? And, you know, can, can I trust a Bible translation when it's, you know, it's coming down? I think it's fascinating that you're asking these questions because, uh, it's, this is very, um, up close and personal to me, Mm. uh, as a dad, um, there's some things that I believe there's plenty of things that I still have questions about. Mm. Um, I think, uh, in my ministry life that there are times when I've gone through difficult things, painful things, and I've doubted God, you know, um, currently I'm, things are good, you know, love the church, yeah. love the, where God has us, you know, um, and so life is good. And so I don't feel like my, my faith is in a different place. Yeah. Um, but one of the questions that we're going to hopefully go over in today, um, I asked my kids what their opinion was, mm-hmm. and I was really surprised to know that all three of them had a different um, opinion yeah. than the one that I was <laughs> thinking was, that they were going to have. You assumed that they had and it. So yeah. that really shocked me yeah. um, because I guess I take it for granted, but mm-hmm. it's it's been my faith for so long. Uh, and since I'm the pastor, you know, it's like you carry this a little bit of authority. Yeah. Uh, and of course, your family sees you a little bit different, but still... <laughs> Um, they're under that shadow, that yeah. umbrella, and and so I, I can't wait to get into that. But let me ask you this: What are some things uh, that you? Um, and again, feel free to open up as much as you yeah. want. But what are some things that uh, you're currently questioning? That you're like, man, I'm seriously yeah. uh, in this path right now. Where, uh, and, and I think it's fair to say, not, not just for your sake, but for. Um, our church's sake, and for anybody that listens to this, is um, we being vulnerable. Um, like one of the things that I that I, I said in the message is like we're not going to shame anyone, right. you know. Yeah. So if if someone has a question about um, man, I'm just doubting God right now in this yeah, season of life. Of I hope that we can be open enough and humble enough to say, you know what, let me walk with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, of course. And so as Comfortable as you feel, what are some things that like you're um, maybe um, doubting? And I don't know if that's the right word. Working um, through. Working through as far as God's word and, and sure. all of that. Uh, so many things. Uh, yeah, I just think it's hard to like pin it down. But for me, I, I've been trying to figure out. I mean, it's, it's, it's the question. It's how do I know what I'm reading is accurate when um, there's so many different versions and translations and, and um, brands of, I mean, there's different brands of Christianity, right? There's, right. We've, we've got different groups of people that all believe the same core things of, you know, Jesus and um, and his this, life. And this is but, actually a question that it also... I know I've been asked in the past, um, how do I tell my friend about God mm-hmm. when they don't believe about the, you know, when yeah. they don't believe that the Bible is God's word? Right. So right. it's all, it's, it's, it's a it's foundational, mm-hmm. it's foundational, right? Right. And so, yeah. um, so what do you tell somebody, <laughs> so, um, that's, that's struggling, that's has those questions and I know you're in the yeah. middle of it. And so, well, first off I say, no way, me too. <laughs> <laughs> 
and good um, and ultimately where where I end up going as I'm trying to study and learn and read I, I I do a couple like one one practical thing that I do is think about it and go okay who 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 is writing this who are they writing to and what what's the context that those people were living in to try to give me a fuller picture of right. what's happening yeah. in the actual text. So that's a practical thing that I do while I'm reading it. Yeah, which, by the way, um, it's interesting because what you're doing is what they teach um, seminary students to do. When, My dad is a pastor. There you go. So <laughs> so um, what I love about the, the heart behind what you just said is um, you may have questions, but you're still seeking, you're still mm-hmm. searching, yeah. which I don't think that we ever come, you know, asking for a friend, right? The name of the series. I hope people don't think that the goal is to, that, hey, we got all the questions, we got it all together. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll discover that um, the longer we're in the series. But um, yeah. I mean, even with Justin and Addison last week, there mm-hmm. were a couple of those questions that were like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a, And, and I, think I think there's <laughs> a, a little bit of freedom and yeah. like, we're not God. Yeah, know? and we're we, not, and just because, I, Addison said something about this on the on the last podcast too. It's like, well, yeah, you should just listen to me because I have a microphone. It's like, no, no, no. Listen, <laughs> the point of this whole series and the podcast is not that oh we have the answers and we're the experts. It's like there are ex- there are people who are experts in some of this stuff. Yeah, and and I highly encourage people to go listen to those voices. Right. We're not what, the experts. We're not the experts. But what we <laughs> That's are good. doing. Good disclaimer. <laughs> good disclaimer. What we are doing and what I hope what I hope to continue doing is to model and encourage people to have conversations with people that are in their lives. Mm. Like I'm not an expert on any of these things, but we're friends. We work yeah. together, you know, we go to church together. So let's have conversations with people that we may have different opinions you know, on stuff, but that's okay. Yes. You know, so. That's good. So you, uh, so you look at the context mm-hmm. of what, what, whatever was said, when it was said, yeah. to whom it was said, and how yeah. does that help? Well, that, I mean, I think a lot of times we will look at the Bible and we pick stuff out. We'll pick out a verse and instead of looking at the way that it's written. So like. Um, I love listening to the Bible Project. Mm. Highly recommend them. Yes. 10 out of 10. If you have any questions about the Bible, they're an excellent resource. resource. Those are the experts. <laughs> um, but they'll talk about like, okay, well, we look at this verse, but we also have to look at the verse before it and the verse after it. And what's the chapter? And realizing that chapters did not exist right. when, they, when, the, when it was written. It, it was all one flowing scroll. So let's just because the chapter ends there doesn't mean that it's disconnected from the next line. Right. So stuff like that just gives a little bit more context. Yes. For me, it, it helps me. Um, and then if and then I know beyond... I know that something that I learned from you that I think it came from the Bible Project. It may have been somebody else, somewhere else, but I think it may have been somewhere else. But um, when I taught on um, on marriage and mm. the verse that says, um, you know, wives be subject to your husbands. Right. You know, usually the, in, uh, the which Bible is it? The English standard? Yeah, no, the ESV. ESV. Mm-hmm. The break mm-hmm. is, is there, you mm-hmm. know? And so you, you naturally, your eyes go to where the break is and yeah. then you begin with Period, wives end be of subject sentence. to your husbands, you know? Yeah. End of, end of thought. <laughs> right. But 
when you look at it within the context, you mm-hmm. see that the right, the verse right before that, mm-hmm. it talks about having like mutual mm-hmm. submission. Right. And so it's not just the wife being submitted to the husband. It's also the husband submitting to the wife, right. uh, which yeah. is um, it's a whole nother conversation. Well, maybe is. we can tackle that hey, question. I would love to. Some, I love that point, conversation but, too. That was from Tim Mackey, who is a part of the Bible Project, and it was a sermon that he did called "The Marriage Dance." If anybody's interested, dance. good deal. You guys can look it up. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. So, um, but so one the one last thing that I tell people when we're trying to figure out the Bible is like, when in doubt, look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. So there's a practical thing of reading like the Bible. That. Like when, how you read the Bible, how you approach it. But then the kind of spiritual and then for me, like a philosophical aspect of it is when in doubt, let's just look at Jesus. Yeah. And see. You just helped me um, <laughs> because the, the, to be honest with you, um, one of the pressures that I face as a pastor is the way, you, the way that I preach, right? Mm-hmm. And so some people believe that, oh, you ought to preach, you know, uh, you know chapter mm-hmm. by chapter, verse by verse, because that's the way that... You know, it's the way seminaries that, teach it's you the to do it. And it must God be God's intended. way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but when I look at Jesus, like he would say things like, "Hey, look at the birds," mm-hmm. and then he would tell you a whole story yeah. and then give you a lesson on how you should trust your heavenly Father because <laughs> yeah. you know the birds are doing okay. That you're more important than mm-hmm. a bird, you know. Yeah. And then he's going to take care. You of know, him. and right. he would just he would teach very life application. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with lots of stories. Um, so when in doubt, look, look to Jesus. Jesus. Just look at That's Jesus. That's good. I yeah. like that. So <laughs> there's a, there's a whole really message there's, that be right there. Yeah, that may be that may be a good title. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. So I I don't have any, good. I don't have any answers when it comes to how do we trust the Bible, um, and all of that. I just know that God's looking out for us. He's he he's still speaking. Um, we have the Holy Spirit. And I lean really heavily when I have questions about the Bible, lean really heavily on praying and asking the Holy Spirit and then looking to Jesus's example. Yeah. Um, one thing that has helped me in the past is because, and I don't know if we're the same way, but for me, sometimes if I'm going through a season and like I'm doubting God or I'm upset at God or whatever, uh, or I'm tired or, you know, there's, I'm just like heavy apathy or mm-hmm. if I'm going through a season where it's just not, I just don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a Christian. Um, I think what one of the things that has helped me is to push through and just be faithful. Um, and so, like, let's say I'm not reading my Bible. And some people may say, oh, pastor's not reading his Bible. Well, you know, i got to read the Bible to to preach, right? Because I preach it every week. And so I'm reading the Bible, you know. But there's a difference between reading the Bible for me for to be to feed my soul for God to feed my soul and there's another difference when I'm crafting a message mm-hmm. um, yeah. and and so but what I've what I've learned is um, and I don't always practice this sometimes it's a little bit harder than others but is if I just pick up the Bible and I just push myself and I, I mm-hmm. read a little bit um, often I won't have a clue of what God is saying. I'm like, see, God, I, I was faithful and read my chapter and, um, and I have no idea what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But over a period of time, what I've learned is that if you're faithful in those little things, God's going to yeah. uh, show himself in, in other ways. And so yeah. I don't know if that helps, but yeah, well, and it's, it, I think it, it's a practical concept too, of just, 
you know, if you want to be like someone, mm. you listen to them. Yeah. Even if you don't understand the things that they're saying, if, yes. you know, if you want a larger vocabulary, just for instance, you want to sound more educated, you know, have a larger vocabulary, you listen to people with larger vocabularies, you talk with them, you engage with them, even if you don't understand what they're saying. And then in time, you will begin to learn that person and figure out what it means. And I think the same applies to our relationship with God. It's like if we can just be in the presence of God and be like, I don't get this. Yes. Hopefully. My theory is, and what I'm leaning on, is that eventually we'll, we will become more and more like him as we are yeah. around him, even if we don't understand it. Yeah, because often it's a matter of feelings, right? It's mm -hmm. emotions. It's it's how, how, you know, the circumstances of life. And what I f think um, happens is um, if I stick to it, if, I, if I'm trying my best, God's going to see that faithfulness. Yeah. And he's going to show himself in, in ways that sometimes you're not even expecting it, you yeah. know. So hopefully that's a little bit encouraging for somebody yeah, who I has. So. I appreciate you being willing to say, look, I have questions. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think um, that's so, I wish more Christians would be like that. that we, we, you know, I cannot tell a number of times that I've asked, Lord, are you even real? Like, are you really... Like, am I just playing mm -hmm. games? Yeah. You know, is this just a thing that, like, you know, like, I was 16 when I mm -hmm. was calling to the ministry, and it's just like the snowball effect where it's yeah. like one thing led to another, and I'm like, here I am. Do I really even believe what I'm teaching, you know? Right. Um, now, th those moments don't happen every day, right. but I would be lying to you if I said that they don't ever happen. There right. are seasons of my life when I've asked those questions, and I've said, Lord, where are you? Um, and so... Mm. Um, Okay, let's let's move on to a little bit right. harder question. Yeah, Are you ready? Let's do it. Uh, this is the one that um, we have to, I think, be super super sensitive. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that I know that there will be differences of opinions, yeah. um, and I would love to hear what you have to say, especially coming from like a female perspective. I think mm -hmm. that's really good. Uh, in the future, I, I want to do this even more with not just guys like yeah. last week, but even with other other people um, that have a different voice, different opinion. So one of the questions that was asked was about abortion. Yeah. Um, and the question can be asked in a lot of different ways, but, um, and we can tackle, there's a lot, it's like an onion, there's a lot of layers. Um, but what um, what does God say about abortion? Um, that's the way that we have the question. Mm -hmm. um, the question so. was worded. Yeah, this is a, complex multifaceted issue and question and uh, topic um, and one thing so I we said we've said this a lot as we've been preparing for this for this uh, conversation and for all the other conversations I say this all the time um, one people who love Jesus have different opinions on things and that's okay like we are all trying to live faithfully to, as Christians, if you're a Christian, we're all trying to live faithfully to what God's called us to. And somehow some people, have, we've come to different conclusions. So I think it's respectful and honorable to try to have the conversations with, um, with grace and understanding. Um, and this is a question that it may actually affect people who have had yes. an abortion, right? Yes. Like this is a question that... 
it's not just an intellectual Correct. question. It's, yeah. um, it's, it's, um, it's this is, this is the question just for the audience, um, that when I sat down with my family, mm-hmm. um, I had certain views and I thought my kids had the same views and all three of them shocked me and they, <laughs> I had a different view. Um, and, um, and I don't want to get super personal, yeah. uh, cause I do want to protect my family, but, um, probably about 15, 20 minutes into the, maybe even less into the conversation, one of my kids started crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a very sensitive subject. It so where, where are you? Um, so what, what is, what is, what would you say is your view on a- abortion? I would say that I would classify myself as pro-choice because I think that it's a thing that should be decided. It's some it's someone's it's a deeply deeply personal and painful topic that I think needs to be decided by a woman and her medical team. Um, I. I would say just so there's clarity, I don't believe that it should be used as a form of contraception. Um, it, and I would venture to say that most people would probably believe that unless you're pretty a little bit more into the pro-choice side. Um, but yeah, I think that it's just so complex that saying pro-life and just being completely 100% totally against abortions in any capacity, it, it, to, for me, it lacks some nuance in what is needed in this very, very complicated topic. So I don't like abortions, <laughs> I can say that. No, I, don't, I don't like them. I would love to live in a world where they never, ever happened, um, but they do happen. <laughs> Right. Let's, um, let's maybe, let's get, let's dive in a little bit deeper. So I appreciate you kind of, um, stating your position Mm -hmm. and being super humble and saying this, this is what I believe. Um, what, and I'm trying to figure out how to ask a question. Mm -hmm. Um, what, what are some things that you think the, the traditional perspective often from Christians ignores? Mm Mm-hmm. Does that, does that yeah, make sense? Absolutely. Like, what are what are some things that? Because you're saying um, it's a deeply complicated issue, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, I don't want to be put in a category. But if yeah. we're gonna have to do this, and I lean more in this direction, right. you know, in a perfect world, there will be no abortions. Right. But what are what's missing from the conversation? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, oftentimes. I think we'll just say, yeah, we're, we're pro-life. We don't want abortions to happen. Um, but we could have a tendency to neglect what that actually looks like and uh, who that affects. And so, okay, we don't want abortions to happen. I'm on board with that. Um, but what's going to happen when that child is born? Are we making sure that this family is taken care of? Are we making sure that um, they are supported, you know, in whatever way possible? Or, you know, maybe they need more financial assistance. Um, 
And so, you know, the goal is not to just make sure that the baby is born. It needs to also be do well, you know, let's take care of them. I, it's like, I want to say I'm pro-life because I believe that we need to take care of people and I want to make sure that they're taken care of. So, um, the mother needs to be taken care of a lot of, a lot of times, um, there will be women who will need to have, will end up having an abortion because they don't have the financial stability to take care of a child or, um, the, you know their jobs won't allow them time off there's we you know there's no paid maternity leave or paternity leave for you know for fathers and um, there's so there's that aspect of it for like a what would be a perfectly healthy pregnancy just making sure that the the family is actually taken care of and i think sometimes we just say yep i voted pro life check i did my done i, I did yeah. i did my christian duty to protect life while while not acknowledging the fact that sometimes the people that are running on so the people that we would vote for who are pro-life would be against other policies that would help a family to be successful things like um, more uh, more easily accessible health care things like things like universal health care would be extremely beneficial to so many families who can't afford medical bills like i have two beautiful kids and you know it is expensive to bring them into the world you know yes. hospital bills and uh that is uh that is a very very real thing and fortunately i feel very very privileged to be in a in a position where that wasn't um a deciding factor for us to you know have kids but that is the case for many people. And so when we're voting, we say, you know, I'm not going to vote for someone unless they are pro-life. And what are their other policies that are going to continue to take care of families who will not have access to abortion? Um, so I think that's, that's one of the things that gets neglected in the conversation. Um, another thing that, that gets left out is the... Uh, physical health of the mother. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen so many things where we have people coming in and making laws about things that they do not understand. Um, so one of the instances where an abortion would be medically necessary would be um, a pregnancy that takes place outside of the uterus. So it's not viable that you know the the um, pregnancy will end in the uh, death of the mother that's just that's that is what will happen um, even if the even if there's a heartbeat that develops even if the the you know the baby starts to grow it will end the life of the mother and most people would agree and say yeah you know okay Obviously, you know, some people would say that we can't, we can't, um, we can't have an abortion in that scenario because a life is a life. Um, but I saw an instance of a lawmaker in a, in a state saying that, well, in a case of that type of pregnancy, they need to take that embryo and transplant it into the uterus before the, before they try to, before they go down the road of abortion. And that, 
is nonsense. That has never been done. It cannot be done. Um, and yet these are people that are making these laws. And then we go and we don't, you know, we're not in all the conversations where they're deciding these things. So then we just go and go, oh yeah, this person's pro-life. Absolutely. Let's vote for this person. But they're not educated. They're not getting, they're not listening to medical science to say, no, this is unsafe. Um, and that's just one instance where that kind of thing has come into play, where the lives of women carrying these babies is at risk because of pro-life policies. So this is getting into the weeds of the specifics of, you know, we talked, you said at the beginning, there's so many different aspects to this topic where we can, we can go down the road of policies and politics but then there's also the moral aspect of it as well. Um, and so it's, you know, there's a multifaceted issue with, oh, absolutely. With, two, with, you know, I would, I would classify it as two distinct conversations. There's the policy conversation and then there's the morality conversation. Um, so from a policy perspective, I would say, yeah, I'm, I would lean more, more pro-choice because I don't think that we can just make blanket statements across the board and say no more abortion, no you know full abortion bans. I don't think that that's. I don't I don't think that that's helpful or beneficial to the people that we're actually trying to serve. The morality aspect of it is a whole other question, in my <laughs> like, and that's where it gets to be, I think, messier. So give me an example of what you're talking about. Well, so the main question was, what does God think about abortion? Right. So then my question would be, do we, when we're looking at the Bible, do we see something in the Bible that directly condemns abortion? So that's, I mean, I can ask you that question. Do you think there's something in the hey, Bible? I'm the one asking yeah, the questions. <laughs> Conversation. I just gave a whole message <laughs> on abortion. You know, no, no, no. Um, um, so you're asking me... Yeah, um, I asked the question. Um, do you believe that the, there's something in the Bible that specifically condemns it? Well, I um, I have a little bit of a different view. Sure. Um, yeah. and, and again, I don't want to soak up all the, the time because um, I, I really wanted to hear your feedback. I oft, I'm often the one that gives the feedback sure. from, from, you know, just preaching and from stage and all sure. of that. So, but what I would say is this is, this is a, a question that it's almost like you're, you're, you're put in a position that uh, it's almost like you have to answer it from the perspective of like, how would God run? Like if, if God's going to run a country, a community, a group of people, how would he do it? Yeah. And so what I often say is, um, um, I say, I say, well, I know that God gives us choice. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't make us, in my opinion, theologically, he doesn't yeah. make us believe in him. And he often will say, hey, I want you to choose me. Uh, but uh, at some point, you know, if you keep denying me, I'm not going to force you. Yeah. You know, and it's that's what makes our love uh, between our God and us, I think, real and genuine. 
And so if I'm God and I'm setting up a community and I have to create uh, some guidelines, what I would, you know, it's, it's like God says, I'm not going to make you choose me, but I do think that there are some principles, some guidelines that are going to help you uh, live a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so if I, if I was put in that category where I'm like, I'm a, I'm God. And so I get to set right. up the, the rules or sure. the guidelines or whatever, if, if rules is too strong of a word, um, I would lean probably more in the other direction where, um, abortions would tend to be illegal, you know, I, I hate categories. You know me. Yeah. I don't like titles. I don't like categories. People always often try to put me in a corner. Are you are you this or this? Mm-hmm. You know, do you believe this or that? And I think the answer is often found, this is my personal opinion, somewhere in the middle. And often I, I just say, well, this is what I believe because of what I, I see in Scripture, but I also see this. And so, like, mm, could this be the same thing? You know, just, dif- you know, different side of the coin and so people don't like that because it's not cookie cutter and it's not it's it's hard for them to define me yeah. um well and we want we want clear cut straight answers and right. you're you're a pastor and so surely right. we want to we want to know what god thinks <laughs> surely you have a direct line right right exactly you know my i have the final say yeah um i'm just kidding just it's, so those of you who may I, not know me yeah um but um you know, uh, you mentioned science. This is the last thing I'll say, and then I'll let you continue giving sure. your feedback because I really think that's – I really – I'm interested in, yeah. in in finding out more about your perspective. Yeah. Um, and uh, we've had this conversation kind of a little briefly, yeah, but not, yeah. not, not, not in depth. We've and had I really, a couple, like, practice conversations. <laughs> right, but it hasn't been – like, we haven't really – gone really deep yeah. and i and i i personally enjoy that yeah i'm like still curious yeah. you know about what you some of the things that you you have to say um but i was on, on the way here i was listening to a message francis chan and not doing any research or anything i just really came to this to wanting to know more but um he said that you know he's had a difficult life francis chan is a is a communicator pastor preacher evangelist um and and he mentioned again this was not like the message he was speaking to students this is back in like 2005 i had somebody in the church that share the video with me um actually months ago and i just hadn't had a chance to listen to it and he said um he said look when um when i was in my mother's womb womb um the doctor said that um if um, basically that I was not going to, I was not going to live. I was not going to mm-hmm. like, yeah. I was not going to, I was going to be a steel baby, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and sure enough, when he was born, his mother passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so of course I'm, I'm thinking like, okay, you know, how do you know, mm-hmm. how do you know? Which one is it? Because science, the thing that we've discovered in the last few years is that science is always, um, you know, figuring things out. Absolutely. It's not. And so you, you can't say that science has a final answer. Right. Um, and so, you know, the doctors told them, hey, this is what's going to happen. He's not going to survive. And he actually, of course, he's telling the story right. uh, as an adult. He survived and his He survived mom and his mom died. Right. right. And so um, for me... 
it is a very difficult decision. Um, and, and I like the idea of giving people the ability to make that decision. But the struggle is that I also don't like to give a green light and say, Oh, you know what? Um, you know, because I think there are cases in both side of the, you know, of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, some, you, you said your opinion is you, 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 you don't like to see it as a, as a, um, contraception. Yeah. Right. And so, but, but what if people, what, what if there are people that don't really care that much and they do want to mm -hmm. use it as that? And then I don't want to live in a world where people just take it flippantly and then just, mm -hmm. you know, and so I think that's kind of, for me, the, sure. the conundrum. Yeah, um, absolutely. That and that exists. is, that is the conundrum that exists. It's <laughs> so is there anything else that you think is missing from the conversation that you can think of? Well, I don't necessarily know if I would say that there's more that's missing. I just, I think we're very, very quick to say, well, this is the right, this is the right way to mm -hmm. view this, you know. Um, yeah, that I would agree with. Yeah. Because um, so, like in, in the situation, I don't know the, I don't know Francis Chan's story um, beyond what you've just said. So, but like in that situation... His mother was probably given a choice. She was given an option, whether to keep the baby or to not. And she chose, I don't I mean, I don't know their faith background or whatever, but it's like if it were me in that situation, I would be praying and asking God and being like, okay, th this, is, this is what we're facing and leaning on God for that, um, for that wisdom. And... Um, and then ultimately, you know, that's that's how the situation played out for them. Um, instead of her, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know. And this is—it's just—it's so complicated. She, you know, she—I would assume that she was probably given a choice to end the pregnancy. Um, but through her decision and through her faith, and or I don't know, maybe she was—even if she wasn't a believer, she decided to you know to continue forward that was something that she made going, that was a decision she made going forward with faith and trust in God, you know, trusting that he was going to you know, take care of the pregnancy. And I don't know, it's very hard to come in and say, this is the right answer. And this is the right choice. I, I don't know that the Bible specifically says like abortion was some, is something that has been going on for ever. So it was not an uncommon practice in ancient civilizations for right. abortions to happen. And it was not something that God chose to speak about in the Bible. Um, not to say that that means it's everything, you know, whatever's not in the Bible is, you know, a green light. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but that makes it one of those things that requires conversation. I think that's what's missing from the conversation is relationships with people that it actually affects you know if someone I would encourage someone if they have a really really strong opinion about this to make sure that they're in relationships with people who might be making these choices um, and if you I, I mean I know plenty of people who have really strong opinions about a, a very you know very very pro-life 
um, who are in relationships with women who have had abortions or are considering them. And they, and they still, you know, lean on, on pro-life. And I would say, good. You know, even if, if someone has a different opinion than me on this, that is totally fine. I'm completely okay with that. Let's just make sure that it's based on relationships and, um, you know, our faith and it's rooted in compassion and empathy rather than just saying, well, these people just want to, you know, kill babies and, you know, we, we got to stop that. And it's like, why? that's not what's happening. That's not what people are saying. Yeah. It's so I think, much more complex. I think that's one thing that we can, we can agree on. Um, uh, when the whole Roe v. Wade ca- mm-hmm. came up a few months ago, um, I started kind of looking into the subject and trying mm-hmm. to figure out what the Bible says and what I believe and, um, and how do I communicate it and, you know, how do I, you know, what do I say to people? And, you know, because I knew the questions would be coming my way. Of course, you know, it did come our way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so one of the things I did, I, I watched a documentary on, on Netflix, which was not by any mean a, um, you know, trying to prove my convictions. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was not, um, you know, traditional in any mm-hmm. way, you know, in any way, shape or form. Um, but as I was watching it and just trying to be an objective and trying to hear what people say and how they say it and why they believe what they believe, one of the things that I did pick up on was um, even some some preachers. Um, and the words that I said when as I was watching the, the documentary was like, man, that guy's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that um, the, sometimes the issue can become... Um, it can be such a strong differences of opinion that people uh, will insult you or they behave in a manner that's that's not um, loving mm-hmm. just simply because they're trying to win a, a debate. And yeah. um, and so regardless of where, where we are on this issue, I think it's important that, that we uh, demonstrate love and compassion yeah. uh, to people who... Yeah. Uh, I mean, who am I, right? Like if, if um, you know... 14-year-old daughter ends up pregnant, and I have to make that decision. Yeah. Um, I think I would be talking about this issue from a totally different perspective, yeah. right? Uh, and and so uh, I don't know. Mm. Uh, I don't know what it feels like to have to make those decisions. Uh, your wife is pregnant, and, and the doctor has said, and multiple doctors have said, it's either her or the baby. Uh, I, I just have no clue. I've never, it's really hard for yeah. me to, to understand that. Um, and so regardless of where people are are on this issue, um, and, and of course I have last Sunday to hear my opinions on this. And sure. it, my opinions are, you know, they change. And so they're not, they're not final. But regardless of where we stand, uh, one of the things that you, you brought up to, to my attention was this quote, we don't stand on issues we, we walk with people. And so I hope that we as a church um, can, can do that. You know, yeah. Jesus did not deal with issues. He dealt with people yeah. and he loved them and he died for them. And so Absolutely. any, any last any last thing that you want to say about this topic? Yeah, um, I love that quote. It's by Carlos Whitaker, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> um, another quote that I remembered as you were talking um, was from David French. Um, really 
um, really interesting person, lots of, lots of very good things to say about many, many things. Um, but when he was talking, this was in reference to politics, but it applies here. Um, sometimes we become adamant about politics and policies, but we become flexible on virtue. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good. That's a good one. Could you say that one more time? Yeah, that's so good. We're adamant about politics and policies, but we're flexible about virtue. Hmm. That's good. And I, th- I think that that's that. People may hear that on Sunday. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I would say that that's, that's the thing that I want people to walk away from with any of these discussions. This is not just applicable to the, con- with the with the concept. Of of abortion or anything it's applicable across the board it's like we don't need to hold so tightly to an opinion that we neglect what we've actually been called to do yeah which is what's clear right right there's no there's no uh you can't debate the fact that we're supposed to love god and love others if i would just say if anybody isn't that funny how we you know we will argue issues Mm -hmm. that often the bible is not very very clear yes you know at the expense Mm -hmm. of the other commands that are very clear you want to know something interesting (laughs) this is not in my notes but this is something that i learned i think yesterday um there was this survey the survey that's done yearly of like they they do two different portions it's a survey of you know, just general Americans, and then they do a survey of um, evangelicals specifically. And they, so in this survey, they ask the question, you know, asking about abortion, you know, is it right or is it wrong? Evangelicals were like, it was like 90% of evangelicals said abortion is wrong. Um, homosexuality, nine, it was like 92% said it was wrong. Um, when asked the question, is Jesus God? 36% said that they agreed with that. Oh no, 36% said that they disagreed with that statement. Hmm. No, it, was like, it was like a split almost. Like it was, you know, there was like 40 something percent that was more on the agree side that Jesus is God. They were so, so adamant about these political policy issues, hmm. but were not solid on the concept of Jesus being God. Mm. And I think that that speaks to the state of, I mean, this is specifically, you know, addressing, you know, this was specifically evangelicals, but I think that that's probably mainly our, the, the audience of people that would be listening to this anyway. So... That's interesting. It's, it's very fascinating. Yeah. I, can, I, I can share the link. It's, it's very, very interesting. All right. Let me ask you, um, we got so many questions. We've only <laughs> covered two, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to get there, folks. Yeah. Um, uh, a few just random questions, and you, okay. you answer. I did this with Justin and Addison. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. answer whichever one you want, okay? Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm just going to ask a few, and then you pick one, okay? Yeah. Um, does God already know all those who will accept him? That's one. Mm. Um, how do you know that God exists? That's another one. Mm-hmm. Um, what does the Bible say about same-sex marriage? Mm-hmm. Um, if God is in control, why are some people saved and others are not? Um, when is Jesus coming back? 
if you can give us a date and t- <laughs> time great, and date. Yeah. Um, just kidding. Um, <laughs> what happens when you die? And can I have Jesus as Savior without first accepting him as Lord? You, you want me to repeat them or you want to tackle one of those as we close? Well, let's see. I would say that... <laughs> The, to me, what would be the easiest of those questions is... Uh, <laughs> well, you've answered a pretty I, difficult I, question, I did, so I, did. I appreciate you being super vulnerable. No, it's all good. Uh, which one do you want to answer? Which one's the easiest one? Well, let me just say, if anyone tells you Jesus is going to come back on this day, in this time... Don't listen to I, them. Don't listen to them. <laughs> Because that is something the Bible does say that no one knows. So I, I personally, this is where I kind of sit in, in, my, in my little corner of the world. I don't focus a ton on the, you know, when Jesus is coming back and the, the end times and stuff like that. I, I understand there's a, there's a place for that and there's a place for that kind of study. Um, I think we would be hard-pressed to maybe lean a little bit more into what we're supposed to be doing before he comes back. Boom. Um, that leans that, I mean, if we've got people within our own midst who are not 100% sure if Jesus is God, I think we need to lean into that a little bit more. Mm, yeah. I think if we are, you know, one of the questions that uh, Addison and Justin did, you know, uh, talking, they talked very briefly about church and politics and stuff and, um, in my limited research of that, it's like we're very, what we can see is that we're very, very divided. Mm. Um, the two main, two main parties in our uh, American, you know, government system, Republicans and Democrats are primarily made up of Christians. We've got Republicans who are predominantly end up being, um, white evangelicals and then democrats end up being non-white minorities of other um uh, of other christian um you know sections i don't know how denominations um and yet we polarize we're we're so polarized and we're divided and we cut each other down and um there's so many interesting studies about how we view the other the other side and i think we would be i think it's much more valuable to spend some time trying to mend those divides and say that the people on the other side of the issue that you're standing so strongly on are people made in god's image and um, people that god loves and we don't we don't need to be spending our time trying to divide up and say, well, these are the real Christians. These are the these are the real ones, and we need to protect ourselves. And you know, I think we need to watch for that divisiveness. Yeah. Um, the Bible. I did not know that this verse existed, but I found a verse um, that said. Um, Something to the effect of, like, when you're around a divisive person, 
talk to them, say, hey, you know, we don't do that. <laughs> Give them another warning if they do it again. And then if they continue to stir up hatred and, and, um, and the word is divisive, then you should cut that person off. Yeah. And not be and not be involved with that. And our per- the perception of Christians in, in the world right now is not great from what I've from what I'm seeing and what I've yeah. my what I'm seeing out there and I think we need to spend some time mending. Listening that. to others. Yeah. 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 Not think, being so judgmental. Yeah. We yeah. we don't need to we know Jesus is gonna come back. Yeah. We know he's coming back. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah. We just need to worry about are we loving people? Yeah. Are we taking care of them? So last thing he said to his disciples. Yeah. You know, by these they will know me. Yes. Whether you love one another or not. Yeah. So, hey, thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it. Great job. And um, thank you for uh, everything you do at the church. Absolutely. It's It's an honor. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. More than that, we hope you feel encouraged to have conversations with people in your life about potentially difficult topics. Also, it's never too late to send in a question. Text us your questions to 903-592-8357. Thanks for listening.